0: Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Classic Lenses podcast. My name is Simon Forster and I'm hosting this podcast from Stoke-on-Trent in the UK. Joining me today is Johnny Sisson in Chicago. Hello, Johnny. Good morning, Simon. And that's it. Cole can't can't be with us again.
1: Carl, where are you, Carl? Knock, knock, knock. Carl, are you home?
0: No, Carl, huh? No, I I think he's out swimming... I was going to say something else Sam, but uh, it could be it could be uh, misconstrued uh, but riding dolphins um, yeah yeah riding dolphins and doing algae samples <laughs> exactly exactly so uh, so so this week um, it's just the two amigos, so um, so we'll change things up a little bit uh, do things a little bit differently and uh, so I'm going to ask you the question Johnny yeah uh, we've um, seen that uh, Cheyenne uh, Morrison isn't here and you can get a word in edgeways um, <laughs> <laughs> we love, we love you, Cheyenne. <laughs> that was high, that was high octane, oh, high octane as it was described last week.
1: Yeah, yeah, I thought I drank a lot of coffee. Oh my god! Cheyenne's so, like, he's got, he's got like, he's got like IVs going into him, mainlining caffeine. It was great.
0: but <laughs> I think I mentioned it last week. Yeah, but it's, it's a case of um, how Cheyenne was last week. Uh, <laughs> Was nothing compared to the original. Uh, oh God! Original really? Yeah, because what you was yeah we we thrashed up most of the issues, most of the things that we talked about. We pretty much yeah. went through backwards and forwards. And what Sh- uh, okay. Cheyenne gave you last week was a, a condensed and uh, um, more thoughtful um, wow. re- rendition of, uh, of what it was. Because you know there was lot, quite quite a lot to and fro in that. So uh, you had the condensed wow. version there um so <laughs> yeah. um but we love you Cheyenne thank you for that and and the day will come where uh you, you know as your your final request of last week uh was uh you didn't get we didn't get around to doing desert island lenses with you uh um <laughs> and, yes yes that that time will come so uh you will be able to come back and um we'd we'd love to have that conversation with you well funnily enough
1: i will say one of the things on my list here to mention is that uh well i don't want i like to not mention too much about things that haven't happened yet right uh because i don't like to jinx things but i will just say that i've been working with cheyenne this week uh to try to hook him up with what i'm sure will be one of the lenses on his desert island list and that's as much as i will say yeah yeah kind of a big deal so we're doing a transcontinental uh camera uh, lens brokering thing which we maybe we can go into like uh you know next episode or something
0: i so. i think i'm not gonna say but i think i know what that is yeah oh yeah there's, a,
1: there's only a few things it could be right i mean yeah. we know it yeah we know it's high on his list so yeah anyway he's, he's got a he's got a connect in chicago so i'm working on this thing with this
0: guy in chicago for him excellent excellent yeah yeah um okay then so uh <laughs> Let's say we'll do things a little bit differently. So, um, so, so Johnny, uh, what, have, what sure. have you been up to in the last <laughs> seven days or so? Uh,
1: well, I can tell you about the last seven hours, out of which I've been asleep for about two and a half. Um, <laughs> I, I did. I've I've done a massive uh, tr- try to catch up with film developing this week. Um, I think I got gotten through uh, twenty six rolls or something. Um, in the past seven days, which is a good, at least dent in my backlog. I got through all my black and white. I'm still going through the color. Um, mostly because of the damn uh, little, uh, my fake X Pan camera, my little uh, uh, point and shoot X Pan, pseudo X Pan panorama, so fake man, panorama
0: camera. Minolta, man, isn't it? Yes, my Minolta
1: X Pan, right? So I it's so easy to shoot a roll of film through that, that I end up with, you know, I could pull it out and instantly shoot, or you know, just finish a roll of film in 10 minutes. So I have to try to restrain myself, but I, I, I have this huge backlog of film coming out of that camera. So anyway, I, I developed, uh, last night when I did four rolls of black and white and 12 rolls of color. Um, and you know, once I on a roll with color because it got everything up to temperature, I'm like, well, shit, I just better keep going. <laughs> so I just kind of kept going and I finished up at I I don't know, like, Three in the 3 a.m. So I'm running on nothing but uh, coffee and you know, bullshit right now. Um, so anyway, I got a lot of film done, which was very exciting for me. Um, now I got to digitize it all, but anyway, I got it, I got a lot done, and it that felt really good. So that that's the highlight of my weekend, anyway. Um, and other stuff this week, I, I had just a, a great. A great time uh talking with people at, at Central Camera at the shop and people I work with and people who come in and um, uh help helped a few people buy lenses, which we ought to let me we'll just we'll talk about that right now. Uh, Mr. Bob Matter was in at the shop. Well, Bob's in I see Bob more than I see like my family members. I see Bob like five times a week. Um so so Bob's always Bob Matter is always uh you know strolling around Chicago on his his uh lunch break and before work and after work, taking pictures. The guy is like, he's a machine. He is a a a street shooting machine. Um so Bob, Bob came in and he's always got a different camera, which is cool. Um but we were chatting about uh lenses and stuff, and um and he got a he had a conica with him, and I had a whole, we have a whole tray of you know conica lenses that nobody pays any attention to uh but there was a i want to say it was the 57 1.4 um lens in there there's also the 1.8 but you know that lens is crazy so um but anyway bob got the 57 1.4 bob tell me if i'm saying that wrong i think that's what he got um and for his conica and was very excited to get it um we're so we're doing this this lens sale at Central Camera where it's like most all manual focus lenses are 25% off which is a decent chunk um so all of a sudden the prices are really pretty darn good and people are like wait how much <laughs> and so i so i had all these lens sales this week that people were just like really excited to get a lens they didn't think they were going to walk out with um so that was the one bob got um and then Uh, my, my coworker, uh, Charles Azaki. So we're, we're going through the lenses we have on the shelf. And sometimes there's things that, that are on the shelf that we just don't realize are there. It's like, wait, where did this come from? You know? So we had a, um, an OM, uh, uh, the 100 millimeter F two,
0: does that sound right? Yeah, it's it, yeah? I've I've got that lens. Okay, yes. And You've talked about that lens before, right? Yeah, it's awesome lens.
1: Yeah. So so we had it on the shelf. And this is not the first time that I've helped Charles buy a lens <laughs> that we that we've <laughs> talked about. No, he didn't buy the one on the shelf, because you know that's for that's for customers. But um he, we went to another very popular uh <laughs> used camera purveyor on the internet and they had the same lens, which he bought. And this has happened before with OM lenses with Charles, where we started talking about them. He's like, Oh, look what I just found. And he just buys it right on the spot. So anyway, Charles got a 100 and OM 100 F2, which I think he probably has in his hands. It was going to get delivered over the weekend. So hopefully I will get to see him playing with that next week. Um, so that was fun. Um, uh, what else I have? I had, uh, another guy came in. I didn't get his name. I should have told him, well, I did tell him about the podcast, but he was just starting to get into, uh, classic lenses and, you know, I want to head hit he had a bunch of questions and he, um, he, he, he's a film shooter, but also, you know, was just starting to adapt him digital. So he had a, an M 42 adapter for his Sony, um, and so I showed him a bunch of M42 lenses, and he bought, uh, oh, he bought a, a, the Helios 44 that we had on the shelf, which was 25% off. So he was very excited about that lens he'd been looking for for ages. I think he was in town from Ohio. Um, so, Ohio dude that bought the Helios lens sent us an email at classic lenses at uh, classic lenses podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. And we will, we will mention this whole story. Anyway. Um, so I told him about the podcast, and you know he was really excited about the fact that he could be you know adapting classic lenses on his digital and was starting that dive that so many of us have started uh, once we get that get that bug, it's kind of like the gateway in is once you realize how easy it is to yeah. put these things, especially on a mirrorless camera, right? so um so that was that was a lot of fun, um, kind of getting somebody uh, getting someone's yeah. addiction going. Um, and then. Uh, I had another fun thing. I think I mentioned last podcast I had bought two really silly uh, uh, single-use Konica panorama cameras, which showed up last week, and they are indeed awesome. <laughs> and uh, so I had two of them, which I mainly bought for the, for the lens. But uh, so they came in, and, and my friend at work, Anna Malik, she, she said, well, she had asked to borrow my Minolta X-Pan. Um, and I don't mind loaning things out, but the Minolta X-Pan is like in my bag every. I use it almost every day, right? So it's a daily shooter. So I, you know, I can't really loan it out because I'm like actively shooting it. So I said, "Well, <clears throat> how about this? Here, take this." So I, I opened up the package and I gave her one of the cameras, um, and she shot. She shot that. I haven't seen the pictures yet. Probably see them this week, but she gave me the camera carcass we took the film out of it and i have the camera carcass which i'm going to i'm going to you know t- t- take the lens out and try to put it onto other things um so that was kind of fun cuz she you know we it was sort of not a collaboration exactly but sort of um cuz i guess i gave her the camera and film but so anyway i get to see that stuff this week and i i'll put i'll put on his uh instagram um, in the podcast notes, she, she does great pictures of goats. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Anna's, Anna's great pictures of goats. I love goats. Um, they got which, cool which, eyes, which, haven't they? Yeah. They're just, they're hundred percent cool. Um, so I, another, another one of our uh, classic lenses, you know, family, um, uh, Luke, Luca Brasi, he's a, he's a goat shooter too. So, those are my two goat shooter friends. So anyway, uh, Anna gave me this great couple of great photos of, um, of her goats that she shoots on her parents farm, I think in New Hampshire. Um, so that was pretty cool. So check
0: out Anna's Instagram. Just, just uh, a, just a thought, Johnny. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, strictly speaking, it's not, not about classic lenses, but your, uh, your shots with your uh, uh, Minolta uh, X-Pan. Um, where, yeah. where, where are you going to be sharing those? So people can, can see them. You, I, I, those I imagine you are going to have tons of the things.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, I will. I uh, Yeah, those are. I'll, I'll throw
0: them up on Instagram too. I'll put them up on my Instagram. Um, so yeah, that's all, that's, all, that's all a great place to to put panorama shots, though, is it?
1: Uh yeah, you know, kind of. It's it, it, I, well, what I tend to do is I, I I take three of them and put them into one frame together, so it's like three horizontals or three verticals making up one square so it it it's kind of a triptych yeah sort of yeah like within a single image it kind of works and then another thing that people do which i i haven't really done this much on instagram but it does you know work really well is people will put you know all three images in a single post so that you kind of see one image which is maybe the full panorama or the start you know the start of the panorama like the left side of the right side and as you click through it shows you the you know the other three images so they end up being much bigger because you're right panoramas can look really kind of odd in that format because you end up with a, a, a kind of a really small image you know kind of floating on the page so that that's kind of why i started uh you know, doing the triptychs with them. Cause that way you've got like, it looks like one single, you know, bigger image, but it's really three images that all kind of work together, which I like to do that anyway. It's just a lot of fun to kind of combine images. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably do it that way with, uh, with the panos. Um, yeah, I, I keep saying fake X pan and the crazy thing is uh, we, we recently have taken in a couple of, um, like big lots of equipment at, at central camera and, in one lot, there is a um it's not even on the shelf yet but i it's in it's still it's ready to be put out for sale there's there's a wide seven f and there's a Minolta x pan and I'm gonna have to stare at these two bastards they are gonna be sitting right behind my shoulder every day and it's gonna drive me crazy so <laughs> I'm, I don't know I have to sell a kidney or something I, but because one of those two cameras I'm just like I, i got to have one. Anyway, uh, there's that. And then in another lot,
0: we, we well, got actually, in. Well, actually, while you're, while you're still on, yeah. on was there. I, I just yeah. this just triggered something there in my, in my thought process. And that's uh, – yeah. I mean, we've never we've never really talked about the X-Pan, uh, you know, the true X-Pan. The true X-Pan. About the, the, uh, yeah. the, Hass- the Hasselblad one, um, yeah. which if I'm correct, because I don't know a great deal about this camera. I know that it looks uh-huh. as cool as anything, but it's, it's yeah. a 35-millimeter film camera, but yep. it takes a – a much much wider an- angle of view so it so it. And right the, and the, the question i've got but i think it's i think i was. I was listening to um, Sonny Sixteen the other day, and uh, oh, I forgotten his name now. The guy from New Zealand on episode one one eight. He was he was he's got some very strong views on on X Pan usage, uh, which are quite funny. But uh, I th- yeah, that was a that was a good episode. Yeah. yeah. Now the uh, he, I think he was saying it's like one to three point eight is a is as an aspect ratio. Something. Uh, yeah,
1: it's basically it's it's like. Basically, like widescreen, but actually a little bit more, I believe. It's very, you know, it's got a real sort of cinematic widescreen look to it. Yeah. Um, but
0: I think it's actually a little, I should, should have looked up the aspect ratio. But well, bit, um, I mean, when I'm, when I'm getting at, though, in, yeah. in particular, is that the lens on that camera has got to be something particularly unusual because it, it's, uh, because the image circle that it's, it's given is, is much, much uh wider or greater i mean uh, i assume it's a it's a circular lens and it's not chopped at the top and the bottom i don't know i haven't looked at them closely yeah. um yeah well right. i'm just wondering is that is that immediate effectively a medium format lens that's that's put onto um, a 35mm uh, camera i
1: guess you could kind of think of it that way and it does need the wide the wider lens um actually to overcome vignetting has a special filter um to help it help the vignetting be less apparent, uh, because it does, it does do that. I mean, it, it does have, um, you know, there's let's see, there's that what there's a 90 millimeter lens. Um, I'm just trying to quickly look so we're not like sounding stupid here.
0: Um, <laughs> too late for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so it, it, it basically makes a, a 24 by 65 millimeter image, which is just basically a double, you know, it's like a double wide 35 millimeter. Uh, frame which is really cool, um, it, because that's as, essentially as wide as uh, or wider than a um, a six by seven camera, which is kind of amazing. But it's in a little 35 millimeter package. It also so the X pan is also switchable to straight 35 frame, by the way, it does both, mm. which is super cool. Um, uh, but yeah, there's a 90 millimeter F, f4 lens, um, that as I believe i've said it takes special filter right let me see here Lenses available 30 millimeter 45 and 90 which uh the coverage equivalent is approximately 15 24 and 50 so you can i mean you can imagine a, the 30 millimeter lens being a fifth like a 15 millimeter wide that's kind of insane um so so yeah, it's it's definitely a very specialized camera, but I mean, I I I I think we're talking about the same Sunny sixteen episode that the guy who was on there was talking about composing in panorama in the viewfinder, which you know I know people love to make fun of the crop thirty five panorama because they're like you're wasting film, you know, it's just cropping it down within the thirty five frame. It's like yeah, that's fine, but the viewfinder is has a frame line. For the panorama format you know it's in the view which to me is totally different conceptually than shooting it and just cropping it later because you're you're actually making the creative decision to format in panorama in your brain through the mm. ca- via the camera you know i think it's a completely different experience to look through a viewfinder that's already in that that panorama format so to me, it's a great thing, and I and I love it because it it I really think differently when I use the camera. Um, but I mean, it, you know, it is still a smaller, it's still it's still a smaller strip within a thirty five frame versus like at literally a you know twice the width, you know, frame of thirty five millimeter, which is the like kind of the cool thing about the X pan. And then the the wide Lux is a you know a similar idea. It's a swing lens camera, so it's making you know, a, 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 even bigger image. Um, I think <laughs> I really should have looked this up first. I know what you're talking about. Anyway, I was just, we're just talking shit here. Um, uh, but anyway, the, the idea of the wide looks is it, it, it does a similar thing, but the lens actually moves during the exposure. So if you think about it, right, it's, it's projecting that image across the film, which is a way to deal with distortions, etc., Um, and, and not have to build a lens that has to cover it all in one go, basically. Um, so two very different cameras, but I, I would love to have either of them because I just, I love shooting in that format. Um, and if that's not enough, also in a, a different lot that we got in, there is a, uh, Oh, a Polaroid, um, uh, what's it called? Hold on. Now I'm blanking name. Uh, I'm just going to look it up. It's the, basically the old Polaroid pano cameras, uh, uh, hold on. You can, you can like pause me here and restart that. Right. Right. Simon. Simon's <laughs> like, no, should, I'm just going to yeah. let it run. And you're going to sound like an idiot. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, we, oh, we can have a, an instrumental break. If you wish. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. Um, hold on. I'm going to look at, I'm just going to keep going, stumbling through this until I find the name, um, which is driving me crazy because I know this camera is it, it, it backwards and forwards. It's been on my want list
0: forever. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm now looking up for the same time that just in case I can find out before, yeah, yeah, Panorama. Oh, did I say Polaroid or
1: Kodak? Polaroid. Oh, I'm such an idiot. This is this is me with no sleep. Yeah, it's the Kodak Panoram P A N O R A M. So, anyway, they made several of these, and it would, it's essentially a large box camera. You know, it looks like a big rectangular camera that you hold horizontally, and same idea as the wide Lux. It has a swing lens, and the the lens swings, and it covers a really big piece of film, even bigger than, uh, definitely bigger than the wide Lux. I'm positive, um, definitely a lot bigger than the uh, than the Xpan. Um, but it it's the same concept. It, it uses a swinging lens to 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 make the make the image. Oh, look at that. Kodak number one panoram, uh, MikeEckman.com. So the ever-famous Mike Ekman has a great uh, write-up on this, which we'll include in the notes. Uh, but Mike, of course, will explain the whole thing without stumbling around like an idiot, like me, to talk about it. Um, but anyway, there's one of those also in this big lot of cameras. So now there's like these three panoramic cameras any of which I would just absolutely love to have, to have something larger than a crop uh, crop panorama. But then, you know, it's like I think about it, and that little crop pocket camera is just so quick and easy. And I wonder if I'd get the big, full, you know, one of these big beauties and be like, oh, this is kind of a pain to carry this around. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, um, where was I going with all that? I'm like punch drunk just from not sleeping and
0: drinking a bunch of coffee. Now Well, well that, that was my fault. I did. I didn't interrupt <laughs> your your flow there. Didn't I so I, I do apologize? Thank, thank God you cut me off. <laughs> um,
1: so, uh, let's see. I was talking about, uh, cameras at work that came to the shop, talking about the panoramas, uh, talked about on, on, the goats. That's could be like a name of a band on the goats. Um, got my film developed, talked about Cheyenne, talked about people buying lenses, um oh i guess i could talk about um some things i bought last night as i was
0: (laughs) uh finishing up all my my film developing so you were Um, developing film and buying things at the same time yeah well i (laughs) Call to be proud of you
1: yeah 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 so i got my film all all processed hung up to dry and then i started you know cutting it up and sleeving it and um you know, started looking at a couple things. And I'm going to blame this one on on Bob Matter because Bob came in and we were talking about Konica stuff. And he said, oh, yeah, you know, I saw this camera on eBay. The Konica, it's a half frame or, you know, regular 35 frame. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. That's been, like, deep on my want list forever. Um, and I guess I wasn't going to say what I bought, but I might have bought a Konica Auto Reflex. Uh, a half frame switchable camera I might have I don't know yet we'll see what comes in the mail this week Um, (laughs) so so that that was kind of exciting and then I might have bought another lens that was deep 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 in my lens want list both of which um, only were purchased because they were really Extraordinarily, uh, like cheap, like not like. Why did? Why are you selling this so cheap? And it looks so good. I'm not gonna do the Carl. Oh, it's mint. It's 100% mint. Seller says it's perfect. It's been, it's it, it's been, it's been modified. It's been cleaned. It's great. It's gonna be just wonderful. And it's a low serial number, uh owned by the Communist Party. This that. So I, I'm not gonna go into the... I'm just gonna say these things might be showing up. They might not be crap, and I might keep them if they're not crap. And yeah, so that's what I did last night. It was shameful, but it wasn't my fault. I wouldn't have looked. I wouldn't have been looking for the Konica if Bob hadn't mentioned. Oh, I saw this one and it was really cheap. I'm like, what? You saw a cheap Konica Auto Reflex? T, you know, because um, they. They turn up, but usually they're in bad shape or they're expensive or whatever. So,
0: well, you, you're saying uh, auto reflexing. I mean, there, there are a lot of conikers that use the. Well, the, the, yours is not yeah. a normal auto reflex,
1: is no, it? No, no, exactly. This is the this is the. It was actually the first, uh, the first one they they built. Um, and I, I want to say it was like 1965. Eh, let's just Google this right now, why don't we? Uh, okay. So it's auto-dash reflex for those of you that are gonna now go try to Google and buy one of these. Um, so it's the Konica Auto Dash Reflex, which is different than a you know, the other cameras, you'll see a lot of different cameras that say auto reflex on them. Um, but the auto-dash reflex, let's call it that, is a is a different animal altogether. Um, and it, it's it's different in terms of build quality, it's different in in terms of the switchable, it's a switchable full and half frame on the fly, kind of like the X-Pan uh, 35 millimeter camera. So you can do it, you know, frame to frame, you can shoot either full or half frame. Um, and the, so the other thing that's kind of amazing about it is if it's it's the first uh, focal plane shutter 35 millimeter camera that's both interchangeable lens and auto exposure. So it's it's really a unique thing. And in some ways it was kind of ahead of its time in certain regards because it 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 didn't um it, it well I don't think it was a huge uh success and half frame you know was a tough sell in the US market because well long story short uh photo finishers uh, it, it, they didn't like half frame. Half frame was not, it wasn't what Kodak was selling and Kodak certainly didn't want it to succeed. So they had other formats that, that they preferred. So anyway, half frame was always a, a pro- problematic uh, for people in terms of photo finishing. And you can imagine how problematic it would be if your camera was doing both full 35 and half frame on the same roll between mm-hmm. frames. Um, so let's just say it was a, a difficult, probably cam- a very Conceptually cool camera, um but probably very difficult, especially talking photo
0: finishing in the mid nineteen sixties. I would imagine. Um, I imagine there'd be an impact on the price as well. With you know, it uh, sounds like you know a camera that can do everything. It's almost like the the, the camera that Homer designed, isn't it? You know, yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. And I, I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a really unique camera. I mean, I know people. I haven't honestly, I have not held one. Uh, personally, I've seen them. I know people who have them. And uh, everyone I've ever talked to um, says it is really an amazing camera in terms of, you know, function and build and design. Um, so, I mean, I, I it's one of those things where I just stop looking for them. Um, I think we had that like, conversation like that with Hamish where there are certain lenses and things on your list that you just like, you know, screw it. I'm done. I'm not going to use brain space looking for this anymore because it's just, there's never anything. So anyway, that was kind of the place where this was um, on my list. And anyway, one, one turned up that I just, I could not, I could not justify not getting it. You know what I mean? It's like, when am I going to see this again? So Mm. whatever I did it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, it's a, it's a very unique, it's a very unique camera. um, And I am definitely, a half frame junkie and I'm already kind of thinking about ways to take a full 35 image with a half image and kind of make those together into a diptych in camera you know what I mean it's yeah. like that that to me is what is really exciting about um, unusual formats is is creatively it makes you think differently when you're doing photography I mean you're by the nature of the way the device works it just makes you think different I mean I, I feel like you know, medium format, the six by six image is the same thing. You know, it, you have to think differently when you're shooting square versus a rectangle. Um, so I like, I like cameras like that, you know, uh, I don't really buy a lot of cameras these days, but that, you know, this, this is one that I think, um, will let me do some things creatively that I, I, I can't do with any other device. So, um, so that's that. <laughs> so that's my, uh, knock on wood maybe good new acquisitions we'll see when they when they arrive fingers crossed yeah fingers crossed so uh
0: so simon you
1: you, you've been shooting some six by six and doing some interesting things this week right
0: yeah yeah um actually i I was gonna i was gonna talk about what i did at the earlier part of this week but i'm gonna oh yeah um but I'm, i'm just thinking about something that i did did yesterday as a result of a post that you put onto uh vintage uh camera collectors oh okay uh, yeah because um it's worth just just bung, bung, bunging this back at you again uh because uh there was there was a post where you uh, i think you you entitled it something on the lines of how to make a shop assistance oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> uh, so, so that had an immediate effect on me um <laughs> so uh, pass it, it, it it's John. to just quickly just uh, run oh, sure. that little story. Yeah, sure. That was an interesting story.
1: So I, I I posted this on I think Vintage Camera Collectors, and it really was not a rant. I mean, I think it might have been into. I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of rants. All right, but it was. I just told a story, <laughs> and the story was essentially I had, you know, at the yeah at my central camera, and somebody comes in and they're they're wanting a uh, a, a a adapter for their uh, Fuji. X100F. So the Fuji X100F all and all the X100s have this goofy filter ring on the front. Instead of having a normal filter ring, it's threaded basically the back, the opposite way. The outside of the lens barrel has the threads on it versus a ring where the threads are on the inside. So to use any filter at all, you have to put an adapter on there. So anyway, he needed this adapter. It turns it into, you know, puts a normal 49 millimeter thread on there. So Got on the adapter. We're chit-chatting about stuff. And I'm sitting in front of the place where I usually sit, which is where all the medium format cameras are. And he sort of looks over my shoulder and says, wow, does anybody buy those things? You know, it's roller cords and, you know, uh yashikas and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you know, people people buy them. when do you think we have them, you know? So he's like, oh, well, uh, uh, I saw some guy with shooting one of those last week i want to knock him over the head i'm like why you wanted to steal his camera he's like no because he's an idiot why would you still be using a camera like that i'm like i use them all the time but all right i'll let's go let's go down this road um so he he, you know he, he proceeded and it's always an old white guy okay it's always a grumpy old white guy who's like 65 who gives me this thing about you know Wow, well, why would anybody do that anymore? Why a film? Ah, Stupid. So he gave me his whole thing about, well, you know, and then he then he kind of levels with me that I, yeah, I shot a Yashika 33330 for years and all this time in the dark room. And I'm ah, not doing that again. Why would you do that? And digital is like, you know, things have moved on. And I'm like, well, he's, a, he's a, except for people like you, I guess, who still like to do it the old way. I'm like, yeah, right, whatever, dude, you know. Um, but we actually had a good conversation. I really did not take that much personal offense to it um, because he, you know, he actually, I understand his point of view. I, I spent days and days of my life in a stinky dark room, you know, to come out and feel blinded like a prisoner who's been trapped in a cave for too long. Um, so I, I understand where it comes from with a lot of older film shooters where, you know, doing loads of darkroom work, honestly, is not a lot of fun uh oh, it can be but it it's kind of not when it becomes a chore. So I I know where he was coming from but he kind of came off like a a jerk. Um so anyway that that yeah that story kind of got got I so I posted that story on on vintage camera collectors as just a straight up retelling of the conversation. Um and you know a lot of people had in, interesting comments about that. I really didn't mean it in a bad natured way. It was just like you know, yeah, this is, you know, pe- people sometimes just feel like they have a bone to pick about camera stuff and, and, and working in a camera store, you can be on the receiving end of that for whatever reason. So, yeah, so that, Simon, you were saying, because I remember your
0: comment now, so I'll let you yeah well just 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 on that a general point there i mean that's one thing yeah. about with the uh although this happened in real life but on on the internet where um a contrary opinion um or a new product is, is yeah there's is, is launch that's not uh to everybody's taste especially i mean this is the kind of thing that always happens on dp review and I, I almost right. now immediately just go to the comments and, uh, <laughs> right. and and just look what what contrary opinions have, uh, have have been spouted. And uh, I mean, yeah. there's something at the moment. There's a there's a um, an article on there with some shots taken with uh, the, with Ektachrome, uh, the newly launched uh, Kodak Ektachrome uh, slide right. film. And there are just some some comments on there saying, "Well, now I remember why I don't shoot film anymore." And, uh, and I thinking, <laughs> oh, that isn't very sharp, is it? And I think, yeah. oh God, so it's just. I mean, it, it's right. it's it's a similar extent with, when we're talking about adapting. Uh, classic lenses onto, onto digital. And, uh, people will say, well, I, well, you know, if I took that with my, uh, um, EOS L lens, uh, Canon, right. uh yeah, then it'll be, it'll be far sharp, sharper and therefore better. Um, well, no, well, yes, if yes and no, yes, you know, it's just yes be, no right. yeah, it's what you want it to be. If you're, if you, if you want sharpness, then that that's great. Go for, go for sharpness. You know, right. um, right. I'm not that bothered about sharpness. I'll, talk about sharpness occasionally and sharpness can matter massively especially in certain kinds of shots but right. overall i'm more interested in the overall look of a shot rather than uh, anything else and plus this is the other side is it's a case of it's just more fun using old lenses than it is using the, the other lenses so half of the i don't know what proportion actually um, part of the proportion is, is about the image that you get and part of it is about the experience of taking the shot and um, i just know that i don't get that whatever percentage of the experience when I use a modern lens, it's just right, more, right. more throwaway. So uh, sure. <clears throat> but yeah, I digress. Um, <laughs> so your, uh, the, your, 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 the picture you posted had uh, a few TLRs and one of which is one that I've got. Um, it's a uh, roller cord um, and it's actually the camera I've owned for the longest period of time um, ah. because uh, I bought it back in about 1989. Um, I And I bought it because it was just, super cool uh, to look at well I I thought it was cool my, my my wife just looked at it and thought what on earth is that <laughs> you
1: know,
0: and, and this is like 30 odd years ago you know yeah. so it was uh, it was antiquated then and uh, so uh, but um yeah so I, that inspired me to get that camera out because I was going to go out the next day uh, just with with friends to a potentially interesting place and I thought well, I'll just I'll put some film in in the roller cord so uh, that's ah, that's, that's what I did yesterday so so uh, you
1: actually did shoot the roller cord
0: I did yeah yeah, and uh, oh, wow. I think I think I got nine nine shots off. So uh, you know, outstanding. Yeah, but so
1: okay. So, uh, not to interrupt your flow, no, no. Uh, but so so as we know, Simon, you have also been shooting your Hasselblad recently, and I'm wondering what your impression after shooting the Hasselblad, going back to the Rollochord, What what thoughts did that give you about <laughs> the roller cord versus the Hasselblad versus whatever?
0: confusion i think <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> um uh, well I, th- I think with that is but i'll probably go on to talk about the main thing and then perhaps we might do okay. a bit of comp- compare and contrast but yeah uh, sure but yeah. i enjoyed the certainly enjoyed the experience of use, using the uh the, the, the roller cord. but earlier on in the week um i had uh, I, I went out on a for a for a sunrise on the, on thursday um it's a you know a, a, a well-known beauty spot in the uh, something called the peak district in the UK and uh the sunrise didn't really didn't really do it <clears throat> um it was a little bit disappointing but um but after the sunrise happened and uh it, it sort of became more interesting and uh but yes I, I had my Hasselblad with me, but the night before, uh, because you've obviously got to plan these things, uh, you know, uh, because you can't just get up at five o'clock in the morning and then decide what, what to take. I mean, obviously you can, and and, and most of the time I think I do, Um, (laughs) but I I put a bit of effort into it so I, I could just get out of the house. And, uh, I really wanted to uh, shoot the Hasselblad because I would had some fun with it uh, a couple of weeks ago um, and then completely messed up two rolls of film after, but that's another matter. <laughs> um, but I, I, I've only got one back, um, as in one Hasselblad has uh, interchangeable backs as well. You can change the lenses and you can change the backs and it, that allows you to use different types of film and, and swap them out. Uh, but I've only got one and uh, and i would just uh, the last time i went out i put a roll of pan f into it which is uh 50 iso uh black and white film um which didn't really sound like the kind of stuff you want to do a sunrise with so i was there, i think and it's <laughs> you know and it's and like I say that was it I, I, I got all the film but i couldn't just take that roll of film out and right. uh, although technically I perhaps i could have done but i wasn't going to um so i was there thinking okay well i really wanted to shoot that but it'll be silly. Um, so I, I thought, okay, I'll just leave, leave the Hasselblad to one side and I'll, uh, I'll just go digital. Um, and that's been one of the things because that was quite hard for me to do, uh, because mm. I've, I've really enjoyed shooting the Hasselblad that much. I haven't actually wanted to actually shoot on, on digital for, wow. for a, um, a short period of time, at least anyway. Um, yeah. actually I was even getting to the point where I was thinking, do I even want to shoot digital again? <laughs> Um, um, and i you know part of me is actually still there but the, the other part says you, you're just being stupid Simon you know and uh because i, I mean i mean part of us uh, another part was saying do i really need all these lenses now if i'm going to start you know because i, I want some Rasselblad lenses now and yeah uh, yeah you go you go round in circles on these things but, yeah. yeah but I'm, I'm definitely on a bit of a uh a weakening uh, with digital and, uh, and 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 old lenses and things like that, but wow. don't, don't worry, that that will it will it will come back, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so so there was so pack, packing all this digital stuff, and I was thinking, well, what lenses should I take? And I think, well, I want a 14. I'll take a 25. Um, and then I've always got this, this question. If I, because I've got some duplication in lenses, as as most of us have, I think. <laughs> um, right. and And uh, I can, if I'm if I'm doing things with um, starbursts and things, I like to take Nikon lenses uh, because mm-hmm. Nikos do do better starburst than just about anything that I've got. Uh, but I think I'm not really going to be doing that. So so I'll I'll take my favourite lenses and I uh, and I took three. Uh Carl's Eyes lenses, uh, contact Shushika lenses, a 25 Distagon, um uh, 1.4 planar and 85 2.8 sonar. Mm, um, three nice. wonderful lenses. Yeah. Um but <laughs> I couldn't leave it to that, of course. Um <laughs> uh because as 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 we all know, recently I bought an amazing uh Asari, rather than Asahi, I'm now saying Asari. Um <laughs> uh well, is that the right way perhaps not
1: no but, you put an R in
0: there i think yeah i forgot right. how i forgot how i'm saying it now but but uh, well, that lens anyway that's the that, right. uh, spy pentax but doesn't say pentax on it uh 58 mm f2.4 R design so that's that's still new to me and i'm having fun with that so i'm thinking well, that's got to come and i was thinking you know what i quite fancy taking the uh, my petsvel as well i mean it's a bit daft to do landscapes with the, with the petsvel but <laughs> I, I hey why not exactly exactly yeah. so 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 that came with me and then i also needed well i know that i need something longer than 85 because i like to do panorama not panoramas i like to do landscapes with tele lenses so uh, i dropped in there um my jupiter 11 uh, 135 f4 uh, big favorite of mine um, yeah. and um, I was I think I could do something longer should I take this two the 200 mil and I was thinking well I'm not going to fit these in and then I realized that <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't going to fit these into my bag anyway um so next thing I'm thinking well I've got a I've got I've got a really large bag and so I put all these lenses in And I realized (laughs) I've got space now. (laughs) So, so yeah, you can guess what comes next. And that's the, uh, the Hasselblad comes back out again. And uh, I think, well, I might use it and I'll take some film with me. And, uh, and, and I, you know, squeezed it into the bag. Um, So this, this is this, this rucksack that I'm using is now, it weighs a ton. And actually (laughs) Um, after the first part of the walk, um, I mean, you've got this, there's a hill called Mam Tor in the, in the Peak District and actually we managed to park um, probably in the best possible place you could do to make it easier to get up there. Um, so it's, it's it's not a particularly tough walk from where it was, but coming down. My right yeah. knee gave way, uh, oh. as, as it does sometimes, and uh, and, and then it, it stayed bad for the rest of the day. But I'm I'm, oh. I'm pretty sure it's largely because of the the extreme weight I was carrying on my yeah. back. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, that's that's a so bit can, of a worry. I,
1: yeah. Can, so can I ask you a question? Because I I, I know that you, uh, well, the, one of the shots I really enjoyed of yours this week actually was I believe it was from. Must have been from that trip. What was that that shot of looking across
0: the valley to the cement works? Is that that's the same? That, that, that's that's one of them. Although okay, um, that that's actually. I, I think I've actually posted three. I've done a a, col- a color, black and white, and and one with the pets fell. Uh, well, it was the one with the. It was the good one with the power lines. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was the good landscape with the power
1: line. So I think it was the the earlier one that you posted that had that like very across the valley hazy sunrise yes. kind of thing yeah yeah what what lens did what what did you shoot that with that was with the Jupiter 11 okay i thought so yeah it's i just i love that i love that look as well like the landscape with a a, 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 a with a longer lens where it, you you still get like this vista but it's got a different feel than a wide angle lens um cuz it just seemed, you can see a lot more uh, detail because it's kind of magnifying in on things, right?
0: So I thought that was a particularly awesome Simon shot. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, I really enjoy that one. It's it's got to be said. I mean, that we, when we did that whole episode on one three five lenses uh, back yeah. back in the day, um, right? Um, where where actually uh, I think we started off by, I've done this with a few episodes when we talked about focal lens. where we're not really, we'll talk about something where we realize we're not really big fans of it. Uh, <laughs> and then by the time we finish the podcast, well, I think we've really got to use these lenses now. Yeah. That, that was really good. And, uh, yeah. and, and that's, that's my, uh, I mean, it's known as a um, predominantly known as a, uh, a, a, a long portrait lens. Um, but as you have uh, saying that wasn't actually the way it was envisaged when in, in, in like a folklore was it uh, because, right yeah sure so. I remember that conversation yeah, yeah. right 135s were sort of like the, basically a you know the German hiking lens <laughs> exactly and yeah. it, it just make it makes perfect sense it's a great I mean I was moaning that I didn't take my 200 mil um, because that shot. I Think I would have picked the 200 mil up first, um, okay. But on reflection, now looking back at it, it was absolutely fine with 135. I, I it was it it, it, it managed to get all of the scene in as well because the what I was actually right. shooting was probably around about three miles away. Um, wow, so.
1: yeah, that's that's what I liked about it is it's like it, it's obviously a landscape, but when you shoot it with a longer lens, it's like it's hard to explain, but it's like you end up with. Um, so much detail. I mean, you can see like every little tree casting a little shadow, you know, whereas if you shot that with a, a wider lens, you wouldn't got it. And if you'd shot it with a much longer lens, you would have missed a lot of that in the frame. So it was like, it does this cool thing where it's, it, 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 it feels like you're pulling so much more
0: detail into the frame somehow. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And interesting. I, I took the same shot of more or less the same shot, but with the, with the pets valve, Okay yeah um, and yeah I tried I tried to forget I saw that one <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it, it's uh, yeah, you can argue it's an example of what, why you shouldn't use that lens uh, or, um, or, or perhaps, you know, next time, why don't you take some apertures with you? Uh, because, because of course that, that's the problem with that lens. If you do want to stop it down, you have to go into your bag and find yeah, uh, the aperture right. to slot into it. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, I've only ever used a slot in aperture once. And it, and it was one that was shaped in snowflakes. <laughs> for oh my when, God. When I did a Christmas shot. Okay. Um, <laughs> so um i really need to try but i i have no idea what that what that lens does when it's stopped down i mean right. yeah. So I, so yeah i should at least give it a go especially on these long ones because i mean you don't you don't normally shoot a landscape shot wide open um right yeah and, which is what i did but it, it, it had an interesting effect because of the angle and looking down into this valley um and the the way that Petzveld does things where it gives you a very narrow point of focus. It right. acted a little bit of, like a like a tilt lens, where you it, it can it made some of the uh, the areas that were in focus look particularly small, like it's Toy Town or something like that. Yeah. So uh-huh. um, so that was that was that that, that was fun, but it was uh, a yeah. worthy experiment. <laughs> exactly. Even, even though you 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 don't want me to do it again, um, <laughs> um, next time I might I might do it again, but do it with a with a with an aperture next time. So
1: actually, I would like to see it stop. I think it would be interesting to see it stop down. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> it's like the signature of it is so, you know, you know, the signature of it is so like that sharp center, and then the crazy everything else is just kind of crazy on the edges. And which I I, I have a really hard time with that lens on a small format you know, because it, it, I feel like it doesn't, uh it's like the effect kind of works, but it just doesn't on a smaller sensor slash piece of film. It just, there's something not right about it to me. You know what I mean? Like it almost needs to be on a eight by 10 camera to really, to really work, but, but also not. And, and, and I think it would be interesting to see a shot like that with that lens stopped down where it, some of that kind of signature swirl is maybe not really the, it playing as big of a role in the image.
0: Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I've, and also that, that lens has got this thing that they, it's a, what, it's a gimmick really, but it's got this thing on it called bokeh control, um, where you can turn it and you can just really ramp up the, the effect oh, yeah. of it. Um, generally yeah. speaking, I don't, I don't, I don't use it that often, but later on in the, in the day I did actually use it because it was one of those shots where you're looking down a, um, a leafy path with trees on one side and on both mm-hmm. both sides. So you had like a tunnel effect. And I was thinking, oh well, here you go. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's, yeah. let's really ramp it up and which is exactly what it did. So, um, it's, it was not a restful shot. Uh, to look at <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, that was, if that was the first thing you saw after a bad night then uh, you'd, you'd go back to sleep again definitely Yeah, right. yeah. Um, yeah. but, but um, one, one, I think one of my favourite shots I took of that day though was with the uh, with, with the Heliar that, um, that Carl and Cheyenne didn't buy oh um, yeah and, right and that was just a picture of, because the the, the the sunrise was pretty poor uh, it was, it was just, it was just nothing interesting at all. And, uh, and the, uh, I knew I wasn't going to be able to do anything with, with my ISO 50 film. So I didn't even try, um, Plus, it was pointing pointing up the hill, looking at a fence with some for some sheep, and that, I think that came out quite nice that shot. It, but, uh, it did. I know that. I I noticed that one as well. That yeah. that is actually a very nice shot. Yeah. But the the shot I was I was happiest with was it was was a shot of the Hasselblad with the sunrise <laughs> coming up in the background because like I said the sunrise was rubbish, so I needed to find something interesting to yeah make use of it somehow and it's a really featureless <laughs> bit of the landscape just grass in front of me so that there was nothing i could stick in front of. and i thought hold on <laughs> there's a very nice camera bag. yeah this nice Hasselblad right here exactly and i and i yeah. took that i took that with the um with the Asahi uh 58 2.4 um and i think i took it wide open and uh and i it, the the look of that shot was really nice the light was beautiful and yeah. uh and the way that it the 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 Hasselblad looked against the background. Um, you got that 3D pop out of it. Yeah. Um, but um, I think it was an interesting thing there was the fact that I think one of the reasons why that shot worked was because it was a relatively slow lens. Um, because if I was shooting with, if I'd done that with my 50mm planar one4 um shooting at 1.4 would have been too, too wide too much for, yeah. for that. Yeah. Too little of the, of the camera would have been in focus. Right. Um, so therefore I would have, if I'd stopped that down to say 2.8, uh, which would have been the, the logical place to stop it down, then I, I I don't think the look would, would have been right. I'm not sure. I don't think it would have been any hexagons there, um, in in the shots. Uh, yeah. But not, but then again, I'm not entirely sure either, but um I just, just know the shot just wouldn't have looked as good as a, a using a lens that's wide open. And I think that's one of the interesting uses of, of lenses that, well, slow lenses, um, slow standard lenses. Um, so, I mean, I could have even potentially got a decent shot out of a Tessar, you know, I'm, I'm spitting as I'm saying that, of course, <laughs> you know, um, but I think that would have been an ideal kind of, uh, lens yeah. for that, that shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, so, yeah. So s- slow lenses can be useful um, absolutely but that so I, I really enjoyed using the um, that, that 58 uh, 2.4 it's, it's just a beautiful lens it's it's small it's, it's there's there's Feeling of real quality about it. Um, I'm just yeah. winding there, Cheyenne, Cheyenne, and uh, Carl, <laughs> and uh, and there's just something about the shots you get with it. You just can't get with it. any other lens in the entire world. Um, yeah, uh, well,
1: sometimes yeah. it's just a lens like that that's one in a million, and you happen to be the lucky person to get it. Well, actually, when you yeah. say
0: look, um, there was uh, on the the uh, the podcast post for episode 38 and uh, photography with classic lenses, um, Charles Luck. Uh, posted something that goes, uh, uh, "Damn it, you guys! I'm going to have to quit listening to this podcast." And then <laughs> he put a picture up of, uh, of, a, of a post where he'd actually bought one of those lenses um, with a lens cap as well, which is um, which is really annoying because I haven't got the lens cap and he's got the genuine lens cap on his. So, uh-huh. um, but yeah, it turns out he managed to find another good one. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. so we to keep these good ones keep cropping up and uh, Cheyenne yeah. and Carl just keep on missing mis- <laughs> like whack-a-mole <laughs> well
1: that, well that's why I'm kind of joking around about buying stuff last night because I mean you know it's two in the morning and I mean so it's not the first time it's happened to me where something I've been looking for for ages I'm just like well let me have a quick pop over here and and look and then you just hit it at the right moment when everybody else who's like, well, I've got that on my list. Maybe I'll take it, you know, you hit it at the right moment in the middle of the night when (laughs) there it is, you know? So, um, yeah, it's a terrible thing.
0: Yeah. It really is. But going back onto shooting on that day. So I I was shooting digital and analog. Um, and most, most of the shots, I wanted to be shooting with the Hasselblad. It, it's a camera that, as 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 we know, regular listeners uh, I've had for quite a long time. And before I would even dared to use it, um, and but now I'm started using it. I've, I absolutely love it. Um, and I I use it either with a waist level finder, and I've also got a prism finder. Uh, and when I'm actually out and about walking about, generally mm. I'll, I'll probably put the prism finder on because it's I just find it more convenient. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, you can see what's go, going on uh, better for fine focus and, and things like that. But but it's it's just great to be able to swap that uh, viewfinder off and put the waist level on if you want to get a low shooting position. Um, yeah. And you can just hold that camera down low and um, and, and shoot away. Now, actually, that's a point I, I need to uh, thank uh, uh, Lucas Frazzi, uh for a little tip about using the uh, Hasselblads, which I was unaware of um, because you know, I, I took some. Decent shots the other week, and uh, which were all handheld. Um, and somebody else was that, saying to me that you know handheld shots are quite difficult with them, which I just didn't find that at all. Mm-hmm. But then he mentioned something about a trick um, you can use with that camera. Um, uh, the he called I think he called it the, uh, the Hasselblad mirror trick. Um, and he was saying, well, how, if you're taking a, a portrait of somebody, um, you can flick the mirror out of the way, and people think that the shot has just been taken where actually you just move the mirror and then you, 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 you uh, hit the shutter and then it takes the shot. Uh, Yeah. And uh, the point being there is uh, some, some people are a bit wary about having the photograph taken and they immediately relax immediately after, after hearing the shutter and then bang, you get them in that unguarded moment rather than the, uh, than the yeah, initial way, yeah that? yeah yeah it makes yeah. sense yeah it doesn't doesn't always work of course but i mean it's it's a it's a useful thing to have in your repertoire isn't it really yeah um but the bit i hadn't realized was that um <laughs> as a result of that i'm thinking hold on if i'm using a, a tripod which i was mainly using a tripod to get as much depth of field because i was shooting larger f16 in, in with slow film and in and in, in, in many cases not particularly great light um well, not very bright light, I should say. And uh, so I realized, well, actually this is exactly the kind of use where it should be getting the mirror up and then, and then taking the shot. So uh, right, that was a, right. a really useful tip there. So um, thanks for that, Lucas. Uh, I appreciate that. And, and I put it, put it to good use. Yeah. Excellent. But going back to contrasting and comparing uh, between the roller cord and the um, Hasselblad, uh, both on six by six, so square format. Um, and this, my immediate thoughts are when you were talking about the x pan when when you 're looking through a um, a true panoramic view uh, a representation of what you 're shooting um, and you do the same with six by six i i struggle to take a, a squared image deliberately with a, a three by two camera yeah. um, whereas yeah. if I've, if i 'm looking through a square format camera i 'm very very comfortable with it it', it that 's something I've learned about myself I, I'm, I'm really happy shooting one by one um and mm-hmm. in, in both cases I've, I've I just really enjoyed it because it, it, there's a, a difference in the experience when you're actually taking the shots where you're sort of freed a little bit from the rule of thirds uh right. because it, you just I, I, I'll take what I think is a balanced shot for what there is in front of me um rather than try and actually you know be uh, a stickler for rule of thirds, which which I am normally when I'm using three by two or four by three, for that matter. Yeah. Um, but images reversed um, in the in the uh, in the in the rolly and in the Hasselblad, if you're using the waist level finder, um, at first that was causing me a bit of trouble. I'm starting to get used to that now. Um, mm-hmm. But generally speaking, I think that's. I still probably prefer to use the prism finder just just to uh, um, make that pot my life a little bit easier with it with the Hasselblad I guess yeah sure yeah it makes sense but uh, a lot easier to carry that Roly than carrying out carrying the, the, the Hasselblad <laughs> yeah yeah. you know I said funny I've had that conversation about three or four times this week
1: also um people looking at different you know six by six SLRs if it, you know uh Hasselblads but then you know looking at 645 stuff and um it is a different it is ergonomically it's very different using a, you know, a medium format SLR versus a TLR. Um, I, I do, I don't know. I, I find TLRs to be much easier just in actual function because they're so, they're just so simple. Um, and they just handle, I just feel like they handle so naturally the way you hold them and everything. They're just, they're just really nice to use
0: out in the world. So I think that's that's true if you if you use them at waist level yeah, yeah because you know you you probably use them with a strap and uh and and that works but I, I, yeah I, th- I found a, quite a few of the shots I was trying to take yesterday I was trying to take them at a low level um, mm-hmm. and I found it a little bit awkward to position myself for where the shutter is and cocking the shutter and actually I keep remembering to wind the thing on as well <laughs> but there you go <laughs> right. um, yeah so simple uh but uh yeah when you when you if you're not in that position, if you're not at the waist level position, I think it was a little bit awkward actually. That, that was my feeling anyway, but so. yeah, uh, maybe I can find um, and throw it in the
1: podcast notes, but there's a, in the old uh, Rolly uh, manuals, they have, I think in the Yoshikas too, but the Rolly really gets it well. Anyway, in the old manual, there's a, they have a thing showing you the different positions. It's almost like the joy of Roloflex sex, you know? <laughs> Um, <laughs> where they show the different positions you can enjoy with your Roliflex. Um, but basically how to how to hold it in certain situations to make it you know easiest to use. I'll I'll, I'll get that out uh, so we can include it.
0: <laughs> I, I, you, just, you just mentioned Roliflex there. I, I mean, we've I've, I've just been talking about a Rolie cord, and there's a little bit yeah. of a difference between the, the 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 two of them. Um yeah. and actually there was my first shot that I took uh, before we went out my dad had come up for a cup of coffee and I thought let's just take him out in the in the garden and uh, get a get a shot off with it and immediately I was I was I was disappointed um <clears throat> because uh, I wanted to take a shot that was that was going to be wide open because I wanted to diffuse the background and 3.5 it's a they've already called a 3.5 lens I mean this particular one's I've got a, it's the Schneider uh Xenar lens on on, on it yeah. And uh um and I couldn't there was just too much of the background in there and I just wasn't expecting to 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 see that. I was expecting <laughs> it to be to to be blurred out and uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure with the with a Rolly Flex
1: Well um, you know it would have helped a bit.
0: It's interesting you say that
1: because I mean I you know I have uh, I have two point eight Rollerflexes. I also have I'm looking over my shoulder here. I also have some Mishikas that are you know three point five lenses um and actually uh, even with the two point eight honestly this is why I feel like the the Roland R's are like an essential twin lens um you know tool and basically the well they Roly calls them Roland R's, but basically what they are is they they're close up lenses where you have um a a, a, a close up you know filter for the um the taking lens and then a viewing lens to go up on the top so that you can compose, you know, seeing how everything's going to, going to actually fall in the frame. But for portraits, I feel like it's almost a a requirement because you just need to get closer and it's just a distance thing. Right. I mean, it's like, even with a 3.5 lens, if you're closer to the subject, you're going to isolate the subject a lot better. Um, So I find like the, for people shots, like a single person portrait, you know, anything more than, you know, waist to head, if you want to get shoulders up or just, you know, you know, just a, a face, you know, a, a portrait. Um, those rollinars are really essential to make the working distance closer because that the problem that you're talking about actually goes away to the extent that you have to uh, be stopping down a little bit because your depth of field gets so shallow, even on a three, five. So um yeah you kind of, i feel like those are kind of must have if you're going to be doing portraits and stuff for that for the exact reason that you just mentioned
0: well the, you've just uh, something else had just just come to me there because i was thinking well what the the, the shot i was taking it was it was uh, torso and head yeah. and yeah. and that's because you can't you, you have to do torso and head to some degree unless you go and stand on the chair yeah because you can't you can't hold the camera at, at eye height i mean obviously you can do but you know if you want to get critical focus it's going to be it's going to be difficult but you're looking at a waist level finder so you're immediately looking down and therefore the angle the, the, the camera is pointing up at your subject um you're not pointing straight straight across unless you've got the the subject sitting down or you're like, mm-hmm. on steps yeah. uh, which i suppose is what you would have to do I never really thought about it at the time I was so I would I went out to take this p- picture well, I didn't actually set out to take the picture that I ultimately did I I, I was going to do a you know a conventional portrait I was thinking oh, yep. medium format let's let's get a let's get a portrait well I, it wasn't what I did and I wasn't very happy with what, what I did and now I know why so <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's good to have that little chat so thank you for that <laughs>
1: Well, there's also the periscope view, Simon. This is why you need the joy of Rolleiflex. X uh, illustrations because it 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 shows one of the famous ones is the over the head shot where you can hold it up over the head. Now I think this would be really impractical for a portrait, <laughs> yeah. but but the idea is if you're well, this I have a photo that I posted not that long ago uh, that I shot with my Rolleiflex, and it so if you were and you'll see this in like old newsreel stuff. Um, when there is the big, you know, press crush to get a photo of someone, you'll see people holding the Roloflex up over their head, you know, upside down yeah. looking into the into the viewfinder. And the idea is you're, you're periscoping up over everything that's in the obstructions in the
0: way. So it would be an absolutely insane way to take a portrait. <laughs> no, I, 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 actually, that, that reminds me, there was a shot. I took one of those shots that everybody takes uh, when they get out into a forest um, i did this with the with the um with the hasselblad there, which i was uh using a fifty mil fifty mil f four i wanted to take my uh 80 uh, mil planar with me but there was just simply not enough room and I think well my, I think I probably would have done my other knee in as well if I'd taken that with me um, <laughs> right but there was there was that shot where you do where you, you're in a forest and there's uh, interesting trees and you just take the shot vertically and you get the converging trees and the, oh, uh, the yeah. leaves and the sky and stuff like that and yeah. uh, at the time I was I had my prison finder on and I realized oh that's that's a bit uncomfortable and so <laughs> right. so I've, 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 I took that off and put the waist level one on and ah. a, a, a presto I, I can hold the camera vertically i can see horizontally in, into the camera and i was there thinking yeah there was there was somebody that was had a had a canon 5d or some, something like that and i am thinking yeah you, it'd be a lot harder for you to take this shot with you you got no yeah. no, no tilt screen on your on your on your camera or anything like that <laughs> right That's uh, this, this is this is why you do it so uh, so that that, 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 was, that was good fun yeah. excellent so that was that was my that was my adventure um <laughs> very good uh, yeah um there was one other thing that uh, we we wanted to cover this week, and it was as a result of, a I say, a letter. We did, it wasn't a letter. It was an email that we had. Um, yep. So, uh, Johnny, do you want to cover that one off? Yeah,
1: sure. We, we'd do that. Um, so we got a letter from Mr. Jonas Lundstrom, and uh, our, uh, he, his subject was Instafan and lust. I mean, what's not to like about that? That's a great start. So uh, I will read through the letter from Mr. Jonas. Uh, Hey-ho, let's go. Okay, Jonas here again, and I wanted to drop a line and say, I'm really glad you're having the Instagram side of things, uh, giving the Instagram side of things some love. Since I started following Simon on here, I've gotten a bit of my needed fix, but I'm itching for more. Talking about itching, I'm allergic to Facebook, but Cayenne... (laughs) Cayenne, I'm not saying that wrong. Cayenne really seems to spice things up for this group of yours with some good write-ups. Okay, I know it's Cheyenne or something. Ha ha. Maybe I'll <laughs> maybe I'll peek my head in. I joined the Gas Factory group at least and posted my stupid Canon A35F on there. Uh, talking about uh, talking about good-looking things. The only thing that Canon had going for it. I realized I have some some kind of a thing for those pre-rubber lenses. Um, I know I love my Rocor 58 1.4 and my Asahi Auto Super Tecumar 55 1.8 lenses, but I wasn't ready for the lust of the Edixa Zenon 51.9 exclamation point, exclamation point. I guess this mail is part of the aftermath, excepting I have a problem, eh? Ha ha. But just Look at it. I attached a screen cap. So, question for the boys. Have you ever bought a lens only because of the looks? Also, what are your general preferences of look-on lenses? Much love, Jonas L., a.k.a. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to try this. A.k.a. collimatron Yes, it means collimator in Swedish. It's those infinity distance markings for helping set focus on lenses straight. P.S., Zebra lenses, or zebra lenses, are all ugly and should just be sandblasted. <laughs> so, epic
0: communique from Jonas. <laughs> it, it certainly was. And, I, and I've, I, I want to go straight to the end there uh, about these yeah. uh, zebra lenses are ugly and should be sandblasted. I agree. I absolutely agree. <laughs> I, hate, I hate zebra lenses. I've just got. No, I've got nothing. Nothing good to say about Zebra lenses. I mean, I'm. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are shouting now um, that they're the best looking ones and they're the. They, it's the classic design for, of the age and and so on like and so on. But I, they're just. I mean they look okay, but they generally speaking the the handling on is, is usually horrible because they usually got the really notchy on the on the focus oh, rings to, uh, to make the zebrinus uh stand out. Yeah, light. right, right. The, the scalloping on the on the on the rings. Well it's not so much I mean the scalloping's good, but it's just it just seems like they just seem to be sharper edged with the with, with those uh, zebra lenses for some reason. Ah. I don't know why. Huh. Interesting. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I, I try. Actually, I'm looking over to trying to think if I even have any Z lenses. <laughs> for sure, I don't know that I do. I mean, I think I do somewhere in my in my bins, but I I guess I don't know. Yeah, some people really have a thing for them. It's like a thing, you know. And um, I guess I understand it. I I don't know. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a big a deal either.
0: Honestly, um, it's, it's well. I was going to say yeah. it's not, but I know that I can I, I I struggle to think of a single lens that is only available as a zebra. And, yeah. and generally speaking, if if there's a lens that is available as a zebra, then the one that came after is going to be better because the coating is going to be better. <laughs> I I think there's I uh, I'm trying to think if there's a
1: couple of Tamars that are like that. Um, well, there's the 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 first auto. You know, semi. I guess it's semi-auto, the one with the lever, where you. hold on! I'll pull it up, (laughs) so I can so I can speak uh, somewhat rationally about it, Um, and give you the right the right name of it. All right, so I'm I'm going to the best source for the early Takamar stuff, um, which I know we've included this uh, link before, but we'll include it again. It's uh, basically it's the uh, Classic dash cameras. Um, about early Pentax stuff uh, by Frank uh, Mac- Mecklenhoff, I believe it is. Anyway, um, he he goes through pretty much all of the early Takamar stuff, um, all of the little sub variations, and um, he he definitely talks about the the zebra. Um, which is I'm gonna I'm gonna say what model it is right here in one second. There we go. It's it is the Auto Takumar fifty five one point nine, and this is the one that has. Uh, let's see, it has basically a lever on it to cock the um, the aperture. So back before we, you know, the lenses became. Uh, cameras would, uh, you know, automatically uh, stop the lens down. That that didn't always happen. It used to be that you had to stop the lens, you know, before you took the shot. Well, with this lens, the idea is you you basically cock a little lever on there, and when you when you release the shutter on the camera, it stops the lens down instantaneously, um, and then you recock it and do it again. So, so it's the first sort of auto uh, functionality. Um on, on these lenses and there is a zebra version of that lens Um, I've never said zebra so many times in my life it's always zebra but I'm trying to just go with the flow here Simon because I sound stupid saying zebra when you're saying zebra so anyway that that lens I think that's one of them that you're definitely referring to and I think did, did Carl have that lens I want to say Carl had well this is definitely got the one zebra at the moment. Version.
0: I'm not sure if yeah, there's a particular I, one on it.
1: I thought at one point he had this one and he probably sold it. No, you know? um, no we had the 2.2. I don't think it's it's not at the 1.9. I all right, but I thought I I don't know, I thought some point in the way in the past he had one of these. Maybe he had the I think he had the non zebra version is what I think, he had. I think, like way 1. back 1. He, had a, he had like 9? a 50 f2 well that was a 51.9 but i think he had the 55 the 55 1.9 i think he had the 55 f2 at one time because yeah. i remember him talking about the silly lever and this and that and having to explain that all to him right mm-hmm. um <laughs> but anyway the version just prior to that and again they they made these lenses like a lot of these tech mars, they made for like a year and there's you know a few thousand of them um so, but I know they made one, and that's probably one of the more famous examples um, of one of those. So, yeah, I'll put a link to that one too.
0: So, so just generally, we're saying that we're not yeah. keen on zebras. Is that right? Yeah, I. Is that how yeah, I guess they don't, they don't. I guess it does, They don't do it for either of us in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so what does? Yeah, what what lenses have you, have you bought simply because? Well, oh. just because of that, but largely because they just look great.
1: Well, I mean, it's probably no secret that I am a, a Carl Zeiss, old school Carl Zeiss silver lens fan. Um, probably because one of the lenses I bought earlier on when I was kind of getting back into manual focus stuff after the nasty digital stuff I was doing for a long time um, was the, you know, the the silver, that the aluminum Tessar, the silver sp- you know, the super tiny 52.8 Tessar. Um, I, I love that lens and I have a bunch of variations of it, which I know we talked about with, with Cheyenne, you know, all the different markings and so forth on them. Um, the King biotar and all that. So anyway, the, all of the lenses they built in that period have a very distinctive look. Um, and I really like those lenses. I mean, I like everything about them. I like, you know, the, the, which whatever version of it's a Flectagon or the, you know, Tessar or whatever. I just, I love them all. And I mean, one that I have that I think falls very much into the looks category, uh, is the 80 millimeter 2.8 Tessar in that design. And it has a, just a very distinctive shape to it because it has a narrower, uh, rear part to the barrel and then a fatter front part. Um, and, and actually the, uh, um, the Cheyenne lens, his Desert Island lens, which is the uh, 75 1.5 biotar, kind of takes that design look to, uh, I guess you would say, an extreme uh, because it has a very big front portion of the lens to accommodate that that fast aperture. I think you may um, have just
0: given something away there. Because no, you know, not at all. What do you mean? <laughs> because we, we haven't done uh, Desert Island lenses with Cheyenne. <laughs> No, I'm just saying theoretically, you know, <laughs> it's right. nothing, nothing, nothing to do with nothing yeah. to do with that that lens that you've been talking no, to. About. No, no, nothing, not not oh, okay. nothing, nothing at all. Oh, okay, nothing, at all. Pay no <laughs> attention to that lens. <laughs> um, let's behind
1: the curtain. Uh, so <laughs> any, anyway, I mean, I to me, that's a lens that like the look of it is just like striking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it's a really, it's a really unique design. Actually, I would say, uh. In a way, your—I don't know if you were going to mention this one—but but your zoomar lens is, in a way, shares a bit of lens like industrial design DNA with that. I feel like
0: I feel like they're oddly sort of similar. Well, funnily enough, um, zoomar ah! zoomar was definitely on my list.
1: All right.
0: Um, now, the way I came about getting this, and I, and it also came with. Um, with it's probably with the camera it was sold with a uh, Voigtlander Bessomatic Deluxe, um, along with a, a little cover for the selenium cell as well, which is uh, still on. Um, but that 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 came that came my way at um, one of the camera fairs that that, that I did. Um, and it came to me at the right you know somebody says do you want to buy this and goes how much and i'm thinking oh my word i I wasn't i wasn't there to buy it at the time but i just couldn't i could not buy it could not not buy it um because it was yeah, the month obviously the, the price was right, but the the look of it was just wonderful and it still is. Yeah. And I'm I'm looking across at it at the moment and I'm thinking it's black and silver. But does that, does that, <laughs> does that make it zebra? Um actually, I'm gonna have to reach it now. I'm gonna have to take a closer look. Well, let's see if <laughs> Right, so it's in front of me now. And uh I'm I I mean it's it's got silver ridges but very little black in between them so uh, yeah okay. it's not it's not a um a zebra lens in the in the traditional sense of, so because it's ace and looks lovely uh <laughs> um, yes yeah. and uh but you know I've, I've talked about this lens a couple of times before but i mean one of the things about it apart from the fact it just looks amazing in general but the 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 zoom uh <sighs> ring if you can call it that um it's it's got it's it sits on three um rods uh that are polished <laughs> and um and it, it just looks like it's straight I think I, I've used this before it looks like it's straight out of Fritz, Land, Fritz yeah. Lang's metropolis um, it, it, it looks like it was designed in the 1930s to look amazing but not functional but it is yeah. you know it it does function and it's just absolutely beautiful so so yeah so that that is on my list because it's it's a wonderful looking lens um and frankly it's and i've said this before again it looks far better than it to, it's better to <laughs> look at than it is to use um as with all deep this a dkl version i've got it, it yeah, the the minimum focus distance is is atrocious uh yeah although yeah. you can get around that with extensions and, and things like that so it's not too hard to get to get there uh image quality is is a combination of uh, atrocious and wonderful It's uh, <laughs> yeah, completely depending on what your point of view of, of what you're trying to get in the shot and uh you know and it flares and it, it it does does all actually even focus when it on the focus it can i'm sure it can do two focus points at the same time um and something in the middle would not be in focus um yeah, really, really well. odd. Bit, bit like my Petzval actually for a similar reason. So, uh, so yeah, that's and it's a lens I don't use very often, but I'm loath to get rid of it because it's just beautiful. Um, and occasionally I'd, I might do a uh, a talk um, on uh, on classic lenses and things like that and I'll always take this as a as a prop um because it you know I'll, so I'll take a yeah. few lenses and they'll sit on the table and uh, and you know, people's attention are always drawn to it it's always one of the first things that people <laughs> want to talk about um and and then you say yeah it's a, it's like the first 35 millimeter um first stills at least uh zoom lens and they'll yeah. say well what is it and I, I keep forgetting what it is but it's a weird it's a weird focal length and I'll just where is it? So it's uh thirty six to eighty two. Yeah. my well, the point is it's a constant aperture two point eight. Yeah, so, it's amazing. So the first the first lens of its type was a constant aperture, yeah, you know, and we're still kicking out <laughs> crappy kit lenses uh with var- variable apertures, and here we go, we got this this the first time round they did it and they did it right. Um yeah. in a way. Yeah. In spec at least anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a cool it's a cool lens. I mean if- you know well well
1: uh, I have a feeling it may end up in the cover photo but it'll will at least definitely have a link to it yeah. in the podcast notes but yeah it's an, it's an amazing looking lens and I mean it you know with a lot of things like that that are it the first time somebody really did it, it it you have to think outside the box I mean it it looks unique because it there wasn't anything that really did that until then you know um so uh yeah it's a it's a really cool design um and uh yeah it, it, it's um i guess my that my thought was comparing that with the um the 75 1.5 biotar i mean it's it's more just that there's a narrower back portion and a big yeah you know lens head front portion on it
0: um but but they're both unique in a similar way i guess we could say well just so. just on the on the point of that 75 uh i've got the yeah. uh the, the Soviets. uh uh, evolution of that lens, the Helios 40, right, um, which is a 85 millimeter f 1.5, and mm-hmm. really you put that against the uh, the Zeiss 75 1.5, and they don't really you you can't see the. Um, the relationship between, between the two of them it was right. what you can do with loads on with biotars and, uh, right, right. What the yeah. What, 58 millimeter biotars and the mm-hmm. Jupiter 12s and all, you know, all, all of those, those lenses back in the day. Um, you know, you can, there's a very distinct similarity, whereas you just don't get that with the, uh, with the Helios 40, which is, it's a lot more bulbous, uh, yeah. It's not. It's not an elegant lens in any shape or form. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, it weighs a ton, and so on. But if you actually pick up a a seventy-five, and the, it's just such a nice. It's handling-wise, it's it's a it's a much much nicer lens. Yeah, it's the the design is really thoughtful, um, and it just it looks
1: nice. And you know, I I actually test shot the one we had at at Central Camera, um, and. I had it on my uh, uh, my Topcon, which is a, a big camera. And the, the two together just felt fantastic. I mean, it's like a big camera with a big lens on it, but the way it all balanced was just phenomenal, you know? So it's, yeah. So, I mean, that's what I mean. It, sometimes a design, uh, it, well, it, it, it could have been a really awkward design. They, they sort of made it elegant which i that's what
0: i find really interesting about you know let's call them sexy lenses i'm well, um, just going to say you just mentioned the Topcon there i mean you're talking about the re super is that right yeah 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 i mean i that, i had a similar experience because I, I saw one of those as well again it was available at the right price and re super and it had the 58 uh 1.4 with it which is oh, yeah. uh, a bit of a legendary lens and uh and I, I think we've mentioned it before. I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that lens anymore. I don't think it's yeah. as, it's deserving of the reputation that it has. And the the camera to use, I, I, I really, really disliked that <laughs> Topcon. con. I mean, it's it's a combination. Looking at the two of them, it's just stunning, beautiful, beautiful yeah. uh, pieces right. of, of uh, you know kit. Um, but yeah. to use oh, and it just it just ha- had to go i mean I'd, i mean to just give an idea i mean this this besomatic is hardly a, an easy camera to use um and it's got no ergonomics to it whatsoever and, and i've i've got the accessory uh cold shoe uh, that sticks on the top and if you hold it to your eyes it'll it'll make you bleed um, <laughs> you know? and uh, yeah so it's a it's a not an easy camera to use it's a, it's a lens that's not particularly good in many many ways um, but i far prefer it to the uh, to the to the top con with that lens but you just mentioned about putting the uh, that biotar onto the uh, onto the top con and i can i can see how that would work a bit Bit more in its favor because i think that little bit of extra weight on the front of the camera i think will balance the camera better
1: yeah yeah I, I i think it really it really does and i'm not a fan of big heavy cameras either i mean i'm you know i like range finders because they're not big and heavy they're small and light and portable but i but that combo just it it really works you know it really it really worked for me so it's interesting how that how that can uh how that can happen sometimes you know it's almost that it seems like it shouldn't but it does yeah.
0: so well yeah. seeing, seeing that we're talking about german lenses um which i i share your 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 interest in in, in german lenses um unless i say Tessar on them um, <laughs> and uh the, it, this goes back actually to when i first was re- starting to get into into classic lenses and uh and I, I started to hear the words jupiter um and i was thinking this, this sounds really interesting it was just it just just the sound of a you know a jupiter 12 or what or sorry, a jupiter 11 in particular um i was thinking what is it <laughs> you know i just you know, it doesn't <laughs> say what it is you know and that immediately got got me hooked and uh and i started searching for them and, uh, and I, I realized what it what it was um but one of the uh places i, I the, one of the things that came up in a search would. Uh, be a. Um, I'm not sure if it's one video or a set of videos by uh, an Australian photographer called Blunty. and, mm, um, okay. and I, I assume that well, I'll put a link up. Actually, if we if assume it's still on there, um, and it's shows him. Uh, it's had he had this parcel sent through with it with a few of these old Soviet lenses, um, which were completely new new to him, and uh, and he adapted them onto his camera, whatever he was using. I can't remember what camera. Um, and, uh, and I just found the whole thing fascinating watching him uh, just going through the same process as I was uh, as as I was having with the, you know, <laughs> these wonderful, strangely shaped, odd uh, lenses that if you attach them to, a, to to a digital camera, they still allowed you to take photographs. It was, yeah. just, it was a thing of wonder. Um, you could they, they, know, you do something good with that. I mean, how, how amazing is that? Is that and and I think this is a, for me. This part of the whole thing is. Uh, Sometimes a, len- a lens doesn't necessarily have to be sexy as, as, as such. It, it can be just something that's just really different and odd and weird. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and the first time you see like a um, an LTM thirty nine Jupiter eleven put onto a modern camera, I mean, there's there's few things that look like they, they belong with it. other. <laughs> right. it looks too.
1: really weird. <laughs> I uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's an odd combo for sure. It, it,
1: it yeah, that, that that lens would not be for looks wise. Would not be on my sexy lens list. I I have one, and it actually yeah it makes very nice images, but it wouldn't be on my sexy lens
0: list for well, which for looks you, anyway. Which which do you have? Which which uh, mount? You so say you got two two uh, look, it, look it, differently. I have a, I have the M thirty nine. Oh okay, I was going
1: to say that's yeah. the good looking one. <laughs> <laughs> it's very shiny. I will say that yeah. it's
0: very shiny. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, but the the one that I. Uh, used mainly as a as a m42 um okay which right. is not pretty um okay I, I far prefer the look of the uh, ltm 39 um and yeah. i think the the best version in many respects is the one for contacts kiev because it's got a better minimum focus on it
1: yeah um, that and actually to me okay i would say that there you go here that a good example of how it's ostensibly the same lens and different mounts can be radically different because i think it does you're right i think in the context my context kiev mount it it's a really different looking lens even than in the m thirty nine version it looks different you know even though it's basically the same thing but the mount the mount makes it look very different
0: but it's I, I, what i just don't get though is is why one's got a much better minimum focus than the other uh, that's that's the odd thing but i mean the m forty two has got I think it's still actually slightly better than the uh, than the Contax Kiev one. Which for for me, if you got three, if you got two lenses that do the same job, but one of them is actually more versatile, then I'll take the more versatile one. It's, I mean, it's going to have the
1: rangefinders are going to have a rangefinder limitation on the base length. You know, as far as how close you can focus it accurately, you're going to do a little bit better on the yeah, because you'll do better on the SLR because you've got you know you got the mirror to focus with. You know, directly, whereas you you've only got the range, the you know, the beam splitter rangefinder to do it the other way. So
0: now the thing it's that's a little more my, limited. What's coming to my mind there then is: are we seeing a tangible advantage of the contacts rangefinder versus like a range finder? Because you've got the far uh, wider windows on the yeah. Know, the contacts. Actually, you are. The base length is uh, longer
1: on the contacts in the Kiev than it is on certainly any of the screw mount like us. And it, even I think the M it's wider. So um mm. I hope I'm wrong. Cause Hamish is just going to be throwing things when he hears me say that <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he will correct me, but if I am not mistaken, I should probably look this up while we're talking, but the, the base length on uh, the, the Kiev and I'm sure the the uh, different versions of the contacts is longer than, Certainly, the uh, obviously much much longer than the screw mount Leicas, and I believe the M the M's as well, which are better. But it's still long, yeah. So it does mean more. It does mean more accurate uh, focusing, especially with the longer lenses. Yeah,
0: well, just might just make just makes sense then. So there's there's, there's yeah. logic there, isn't it? There's more space between the right. Exactly. So yeah. that's yeah. There you go. Well, the other. other- Sexy lenses were drawn. Well, ask, I, well, I say that sexy. I yeah, mean, they, they, they've drawn drawn my attention at least, and not necessarily con- conventional reasons. As your, your 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 favorite, of course, and that's the uh, the Jupiter twelve. Um, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and and it's not because of the way that ca- that lens looks when it's sitting on the camera. It's why it's when that lens is off the camera, uh, because it, it's got that uh, protruding rear <laughs> yeah. there with the and it's it, it highly curved uh, highly um convex uh, yes. at, at the end and yeah. you just you just look at that and it's just a it's just a thing of wonder and it's it's also something i've i've tried to take photographs of on several occasions but you can never it's actually something i don't think you can, you can capture the it's beauty hard to, yeah, of yeah, it's that, that real element <laughs> with photo. yeah
1: yeah it's actually you're right it's hard it's hard to it's hard to show that isn't
0: it Perhaps you need uh, that's that's a good example for stereoscopic uh, photography
1: Ah, true. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. Well, then again, there's a lens that certainly uh, interesting looks outweigh its usability by far, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I i have an I have another one um, that. Uh, well, it's a, it's a very unique design for a lot of reasons, but I have it in front of me, um, and that is the. Uh, Carl Zeiss Ultron 50mm f1.8 with the concave front element, which is what it's famous for. But that lens is interesting design-wise for a couple of other reasons. Um, It has a... a, a, Well, it's start from the mount and work forward. It has a very unique uh, aperture ring. First of all, it's a clickless aperture. um, And it has kind of a uh, aperture ring that has a tab on either side. So it's very easy to hold the aperture ring between your thumb and forefinger. Um, and it, it feels ergonomically, it feels really great. And just the whole design of that ring is very interesting. It's sort of like scooped out at the top. Um, it's hard to describe, but maybe we can put a picture of it up, uh, but then working forward. So the back end of the lens is black. The front end of the lens, the, the focus ring and the lens barrel are both silver, so it's like kind of a two-tone black and silver, but not zebra. Just it's like two halves. It's like it's like ebony and ivory. You know, it's that kind of thing. Um, it's like Paul McCartney and uh, Stevie Wonder together making a lens. But I guess Stevie won't be using it. Um, so, uh, so you get the front of the lens, it's silver, and then you get to the very front, and you have the con cave front element so it's you know curved in instead of out which is really unusual and also the aperture blades it's a five blade system but the blades even look weird on it <laughs> because they're it, instead of like normally aperture blades like the leaf the le- the leaves of the aperture are kind of whitish right and 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 they look they look fat these like they sort of overlap in a very interesting pattern so that they're, they're more like long and skinny um so everything about it is kind of really interesting um and 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 actually i mean that camera that that lens was you know made for is just a horrible beast and i know people will also be screaming when i say that because i know there are there are probably like five people out there that have a working Icarus 35 um i have two and they are most definitely not working Uh, And it was basically the last Zeiss Icon, you know, camera that was made then got, uh, you know, they could rapidly were going out of business at that point. But the lenses are really uh, fantastic from that, uh, from that lens, from that camera line, from that system. And that's really what it's known for, particularly the, the, the Ultron, which has the, you know, the concave front element, but the, the whole lens, not even that, you know, not just the, concave front element but the the whole lens itself i think is a very unique design really
0: I, nice i think i think the actual as you just described it there it's not dissimilar to the Zuma, um and it's the way it uses black and white uh, or silver i should uh, i should say but yeah uh, silver yeah. And white yeah. yeah but that's um but that lens though i mean that that that's there aren't there aren't that many lenses now that i've i've i, I lost after um, <laughs> um so I've, I've got over yeah you get to the point where you've 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 bought and sold so so many different lenses and uh sometimes you get a nice lens that comes your way and you, it, it doesn't once upon a time we'd really think "Oh, i've got to get out this and try it immediately well it's the case of well i know what it's going to do it's going to be more or less like this and more or less like that and so i'm, yeah. I'm not going to worry too much about it but um i will get very excited over a concave um uh, Ultron yeah. it's just a an amazing amazing again that's a, and that's another lens that is very difficult to actually take a picture of that uh, that element
1: it is to, yeah to you can't really car. show yeah you can't really show it it's true it's it's very hard to see it there's not you just can't get an angle to show that you're right it needs to be like a stereo 3d photo um, but yeah it's it's a remarkable lens that actually lives up to its hype all the way around I mean image quality wise as well. It's really unique
0: lens in every aspect. Yeah. Well, uh, a final lens for me, at least, um, so I've, I've actually got a list that just goes on and on and on. I'm thinking you know, there's, only, there's only so long we can actually talk about these these lenses right. that are, are, are awesome to look at. Um, and actually, I'm, I'm going to slip another quick thing in there because uh, Jonas um, said how he likes the look of uh, some of the the, the Rocko 58 1.4. And uh, I mean, uh, I'm going to plug my uh, site uh, Simon Forster Photographic because I have three uh, old minolta um, lenses on at the moment. Um, a two hundred yeah. f, a two hundred f, is it f four? Oh, no, three point five. Um, a fifty five one point seven and a thirty five two point eight. All of that era um, where you've got the the black scalloped uh, focus ring, but you've got a um, an aluminium, I guessing uh, aperture ring. Uh, just to and they they just look great um they yeah. just it, they just set that set that it 's that look about them they they just set the lenses off uh, i mean i'm i I'm, I'm, as people know i'm not a big Roku cool fan um but uh, yeah i can't i can't knock the look of these those they look absolutely beautiful so uh, yeah. so there we go um
1: but uh, i'm not yeah. even going to try to say aluminium i just can't do it I can do zebra but you <laughs> <laughs> it's a bridge
0: too far for my for my Chicago tongue. <laughs> oh, I'll forgive, forgive and you haven't got to try that one. Uh, but uh, um, yeah, one, one, one last lens for, from me, and that is the uh, and it's it's uh, a lens you can buy brand new today, um, and that's the Lamography New Petzval 58, which we were talking about earlier. Um, yeah. And uh, I've got the, the that's available in in black or in polished brass, and uh, I, I bought mine as a ex-demo at the photographer's show a couple of years ago. Um, so again, I got that. It's a it's a at a good price. Um, but I I went I could have had the the black or the all the the polished brass and I went for the, the polished brass because it just looked amazing but since then I think I regretted that now I think I, it's, it's just it's just so over the top and and it is so over the top yeah and and it, it, it's a it's a lens that it's 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 probably my favorite lens for shooting streets um, well urban photography I should say urban photography at night
1: I was just going to say, that lens just rubs me the wrong way. But your shots with it, your night shots are really cool.
0: Yeah, because, well, they just add something to the, they just make the, when, I mean, when you do sh- shooting at night, things are different, even though it's, even if it's a familiar area, um, the same, the same view at night, yeah. when everything's still and, and there's not much going on, is just, it's just different. And then you, you throw the, the look that that lens will actually gi- give, it just, yeah. it, it makes things look a little bit surreal. Um, yeah, and it, yeah. I think it really works at its best in those circumstances. But when you're walking yeah. around with, with, I mean, one thing is you know you're walking around cities at night is not necessarily the the, uh, the most comfortable thing to be doing, shall we say? Um, and then, but doing it with this, this big six, six inch shiny brass lens, (laughs) you know, with the light shining off and pinging off it. And they're probably giving starbursts in people's faces and stuff. that. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's not so good, but, um, That that that's a lens for me that uh, looks as as good as uh, as 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 it works, and yeah, when it was offered to me again, uh, it was it was the right money and it was the right lens and the right look, and it's just a wonderful, beautiful thing. Yeah, Yeah. we've
1: all got one that only a mother could love, don't we? I'm sure
0: I have some lenses in my boxes here that would fit that description. <laughs> so, have you got, have you got a final lens to 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 end with? Oh, don't say have... so, please.
1: <laughs> no, I mean I already mentioned the the Carl Zeiss, you know, Yena you know, the 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 51, 52.8, which I just I. To me, I just love everything. It's just it's so small, it performs so well. It's a beautiful little lens. But I, I guess I'm, I'm trying to think if I can include this one because, um, well, I don't know if it's it necessarily fits the definition of, of of sexy. But I I've always thought of it that way. I guess, um, and it's the uh, uh, 85 uh, was it a one the Vivitar preset 85 one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight, right. 1.8. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. 1.8. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which again is another lens that probably I have a affection for it because I got it very early on in my, uh, pursuit of, uh, of classic lenses. Um, because it has a really, really unique different rendering. Um, uh and but i mean the lens the design itself the the preset aperture is i i think it's really nice and it's got a stupid number of blades so it's nice to look into uh the coatings look nice on it so it's just to me it's it and it handles really nicely um it's heavy heavy uh but i always like all all of those aspects about that lens so that would i guess would be my last uh one to include um, just cause it's, it's just so unique in,
0: in so many ways. See that, I mean, that's certainly going into the realms of beauty in the eye of the beholder now, isn't it? Yeah, which, which I, I would goes agree. A lot yeah. of those things really. Yeah. But I mean, the reason, I mean, and the reason why I say that is because it's, yeah it's a very conventional looking lens, uh, of, it, of its era. Um, it's, yeah. it's not necessarily, you know, if that was on the shelf, uh, but along with a load of other lenses, many of which we've just been mentioned, it's probably going to be one of the lenses that will be. If we're just talking about looks alone, I think it would be one of the last lenses yeah. on the shelf. Yeah. This is just conventional, isn't it? It is, yeah. It is rather. It's, but, but yeah, I it's guess,
1: a little bit. It's a little bit different. I like the. I, I do like the focus ring on it. The way it slopes at the back of the barrel and the the double ring preset is 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 nice. But you're you're right. I mean, it's it's not really one that jumps out necessarily at you.
0: But I think that I I get though why you why you've put it into this 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 category category of sexy lenses because I mean I've I've owned that lens as well and uh, actually uh, there was a picture posted by is it James. Waddell? Oh yeah, we just yeah. Was it James? Yeah. Somebody just posted one recently, yeah. right? Oh, Steve, I yeah. can't quite remember. I've actually, uh-huh. I've, I've, that's a, a name that I need to bring up later. Actually, I've got, uh James James Waddell. Um, yeah, he, he's he's posted something there quite quite recently of that lens. It's and it's a lens I I, I was very excited to get hold of that lens. I I, I hunted that lens down. Uh, yeah, and I've I agree with it being in that that sexy uh, category largely because we sometimes look at lenses in a similar kind of way that um, it's not necessarily about the way that it looks. It's about almost like what it represents and what it can do. Uh-huh. Um, so we're sort of looking past the, just the, the superficiality of it really, and, uh, and yeah. what it represents. And you could argue it's not, it's, it's, in no way a remarkable lens. I don't think, I don't think anybody can say it's a, it's a remarkable lens. There are other lenses that can do most of the things that it does, but it, that sort of doesn't matter really because it's, mm-hmm. it's rare um, yeah. and it's a Tokina lens as well, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And um, yeah, so there aren't many of them about. Um, they tend not to be too expensive. There was a period of time actually when it was probably the f- the cheapest fast 85 millimeter yeah. lens you could buy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think the prices have gone up a, a bit since uh, since I bought and sold mine. But uh, but yeah, it's a. It, it, I think it is a special lens. Um, I sold yeah. it simply because I I was getting quite a few other 85 millimeter lenses. And I'm thinking to myself, well, do I, am I ever going to use it again? And the answer honestly was going to be no. So it, so it went. Um, and, uh, but, but yeah, no, totally, totally get that. Totally get that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a, it's a good one. It's, it's got, I got a soft spot for it for sure. It's, you know, I, I just, I really, I really enjoy it. I, I, mean, I do think rendering wise too. it, the, the, the Bokeh, is something very unique with that lens. Cause it's just, it's super, super soft and buttery, um, wide open. So it's anyway, it's a, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's got, it's got a bit of, bit of fame around it right yeah. there. No,
0: All right. I'm yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I well, think it's probably time. We've, I think we've done reasonably well to talk to each other for that long. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I, 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 I'm trying to think if there's another episode where we've jammed this many different things in, <laughs> For people to go and gear acquisition monkey themselves, you know, blue in the face on. So uh, hopefully we did.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I I gave up writing all the different lenses and things that we've actually been talking about. (laughs) Um, Lots of lenses. Lots of lenses, lots (laughs) of cameras. Yeah. It's all good okay well uh before we uh say goodbye i want to um just thank uh a few people now I mentioned on the last last week's podcast that we now have a coffee page that's ko-fi uh, for www.ko-fi.com coffee.com um where uh we uh, give people the opportunity to um donate to to the podcast and to uh, help with the upkeep of it and uh uh, and hosting costs,
1: but yeah, you yeah. Know, actually, well, Carl isn't, isn't Carl, um, we've sent him on a little, uh, a trip, I believe <laughs> is he still up in New Hampshire, um, at the casino, uh, uh, at the strip club,
0: uh, making it rain. I think that's what he was doing with his coffee money. Right. Yeah. Well, that that <laughs> yeah. makes sense. Yeah. You know, so uh, yeah, we have a bit of R and R, you know, it
1: should be. Make- oh, I, I went to New Hampshire and, and I went to the strip club and, oh. Like coffee money was just great. <laughs> so, so I can't, wait, I'm just kidding, I was gonna just do my shout out right now. I <laughs> so one of the people I uh talked to this week at the at central camera is George Munns, and he he's he kind of comes and goes. I, 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 I don't know him as well as uh as Charles does, but I know he works in the film industry, so he works on you know films and sets and stuff. And when he's around, he's like around all the time and he'd come in and buying and film, buying and cameras. And he, he said, he said, yeah. And I didn't know he listened to the podcast. And and so we were talking about the podcast. And he said, Yeah, um Carl's voice, he sounds like he's do it's like Donald Sutherland in Dark City. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I, I cannot get that reference out of my head now.
0: It's, it's funny I've, I've been watching uh, recently there's been a mini series called Trust. Okay. Uh, and that's got Donald Sutherland in it with and doing uh, playing the part of um uh Paul Getty, was he John Paul Getty? I can't Oh, yeah. okay. And that's that's been absolutely fantastic and now I'm I'm now I'm now a human call. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there. You know. But uh, just a, a quick one. Just the last thing on on the Kofi thing. Uh, I just want to mention uh, that we have had some uh, donations since last week, and uh, so I wish to thank in particular uh, Cheyenne Morrison. Thank you very, very much. Um, that's uh, nice of you to donate there, and um, and I, actually that that will probably go some way to uh, appeasing um, the impression that you did of uh, of a. <laughs> <laughs> a, a oh, yeah. I thought I thought it was. Um, Uh, uh, Johnny had actually done it but um, yeah I've been having a uh, Twitter chat with uh Graham of uh, the uh Sunday sixteen podcast and uh um yeah he was uh he fell off his chair listening to uh, Cheyenne <laughs> doing a uh an impression. Wasn't me
1: Jeremy. Him. Wasn't me
0: Jeremy. Yeah I, I blamed you Johnny but I've realised now it was actually Cheyenne. Yeah, uh it was, so uh, it, <laughs> was, it, was, it was it was Cayenne. Yeah yeah Cayenne yeah. <laughs> um so yeah so um so thank thank you uh Kayan. Um uh, also uh, thank you Anon and BWF uh, um, really appreciate that um, along with uh, just we've just mentioned completely coincidence there about the uh, the 85 1.8 but James Waddell has uh, contributed to us so thank you James and uh, and Bob um, thanks Bob yeah so uh, Bob Matter. so uh, thank you thank you for that I really appreciate that thank you so um, johnny have you, uh <laughs> let's 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 bring things to an end uh, so how, sure. how can yeah, people yeah. Uh, keep up with you and follow you in places
1: uh best places instagram i'm on there posting pretty much every day um i'm at system photography on instagram uh you'll find me in the classic lenses uh facebook group on facebook uh and you'll find me most days at a uh, central camera company in chicago uh selling cameras
0: so stop in and say hello there uh, um i think it'd be a good idea to mention something about instagram as well won't it oh yeah yes Yes, we should
1: we should i'm going to see if i can do this without totally screwing it up um because i actually have the note written down somewhere uh yeah
0: (laughs) oh man (laughs) trying to find my notes now Oh, uh, well, well while john is just yeah you know, yeah, there, do, um, yeah let me do, do it right I, you do yours and then and I'll he's, come back with that. he's he's talking in particular about uh, best vintage uh, best vintage ah, lens yes yeah. thank you um yeah. and uh, and from best vintage lens uh, uh, there's a chap called ricardo i can't remember his surname now i shouldn't i knew i should have had the page up um but uh, ricardo is uh, one of the people behind that and uh, uh, who runs um, Best Vintage Lens, which is one of the uh, um, right. it's, a, it's a a classic lens type uh, bokeh type uh, focused and uh, other type uh, um, Instagram uh, page and uh, Ricardo will at some point be joining us in the next few weeks or so, so we're looking forward to to that. So uh, have, I, have I filled enough for you there, Johnny? <laughs>
1: I think you have because I I just, I just found my note. Um, so I, I think I mentioned this at the end of the last show, but uh, we do have an Instagram. it's, it, it's at classic.lenses.podcast on Instagram, um, which is somewhat of a work in progress mostly because I haven't been doing enough with it. It's all on me. <laughs> it really is. Um, so but we're sort of working now because best, best vintage lenses, is, is really kind of, at least, I don't know if they have the same, maybe aesthetic as we do necessarily, but they certainly the same starting point, which is photos made with classic lenses. Um, so definitely check out uh, best, vintage, uh, best Vintage Lenses on Instagram. We'll put a link in for them as well. And and continue please tagging your Instagram posts with classic lenses. Use the hashtag, uh, hashtag classic lenses and also hashtag best vintage lenses. Because both of those are now two really great places for people to go on Instagram if they want to see images made with classic uh, lenses um, and it becomes a nice pool of images that kind of represent what they're capable of doing and uh, use those hashtags and, and and you know maybe get a feature as well from uh, Best Vintage Lenses so
0: excellent and uh, I'm in a few places as usual you, you can find me on Instagram if you uh as simon forster photographic um which is also named my website uh, simonforsterphotographic.co.uk uh, where i've got those three um, minolta lenses which are available um <laughs> as well as uh, adapters from knf concept as well um i'm on as simon forster on flickr i also have an ebay shop uh, with more things on there uh you can do a seller search for it's Fuzzy. that's i-t-s-f-o-z-z-y um I'm still trying to do Twitter, um, which you can find oh. again, you can find me as Simon Forster photographic. In fact, actually the only thing that happens on Twitter is Graham, uh, from from 16 <laughs> abusing me. Um, that's, that's pretty much all that happens. on that. <laughs> Outstanding. Um, so, um, and, um, yeah, finally, uh, thanks to Kevin McLeod for, um, uh, our theme music, uh, Octo blues from incompetent dots. Um, do you want to do one last final uh, email reminder, John? Yeah, yeah, let's do
1: it. Uh, you can send us uh, emails at classiclensespodcast at gmail and uh, I think we've mentioned that we're you know he doing our 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 news and thoughts and all that. That um, send us an email, and it it's almost certainly we're gonna at some point we will we will get get to
0: that and and share it. So. Yeah. And, as, yeah. and actually, as a result of that, you know, a lot of this week's conversation was uh, was based around that. And yeah. I just thought I'd say that there are, there are actually been a, a couple of other ideas that have been floated to us uh, via the email. And you know, yes. we are actually going to get around to doing those things. It's just some some right. things need a little bit more preparation than others. And, uh, um, and the one from Jonas this week was just, just dropped at the right time. Uh, Perfect. uh, Perfect. So, thank you for that, Jonas. And uh, so, um, so there we go. So, um, uh, Carl will be back with us one day. Not too sure if he's actually back with us next week or not. Actually, that's a point. But uh, fingers crossed, he'll be back with us soon. Hopefully, Um, yeah. We 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 haven't sacked him. You know we we miss we miss you, Carl. Uh, We miss you, Carl. Um, (laughs) And um, so we hope you enjoyed uh, this week's show and uh, hope you can come back next time. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.